You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Okay, folks, here we are. Geekiest show ever, episode 154, and the much-anticipated and long-waited-for three-way isn't going to happen because, damn it, if Mark Greentree did not let Mike and I down again. What what are we going to do, Mike? I don't know. I mean, you know, we try and, you know, we, uh, you know, we make ourselves out, put ourselves out there and, you know, we just we, all the opportunities and the guy just doesn't show up. So, I mean, it's getting absolutely ridiculous. What the hell is that? I hear a noise. We got interference. Hello. Hello. What? Huh? What? what you hear what, something? What, what? What's this? There's something on my desk. It, it's like a little spaceship. Either that or it's Earth? a dildo. Yeah, can't Earth, be a dildo. How did Earth it end up to, here? Earth to intelligent life form. Earth oh, that, to, that's in, a pointless conversation. Ooh, there we go. Oh, Hello, guys. I'm back. <laughs> I thought I changed the locks on that door. Damn it, Mike. I thought I told <laughs> you to change those. Okay, well, you must be getting better at picking locks or something. Ha, ha, ha. Now, you guys have been talking about me for what seems to be like for months or years, and everyone at home is going, where's he been? We miss him. And then some people, of course, have been saying, no, we don't, but, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think it's more that we don't. Well, some people are going, who? <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I <laughs> fell off the fence. Um, I'd, I'd like to say that I had a good reason for falling off the fence, but it wasn't because I was drunk. It wasn't because I was stoned or just didn't want to do the show anymore so what you're saying is it wasn't for a good reason a really good reason it was just because it was just because which i think is the best reason of all but seriously i I think namp really went first Uh, as you guys know i'd sort of continued on with gsa a lot longer um but namp i haven't done it for six months that's coming back i'm doing the first show on monday uh, this coming week, which is absolutely awesome. I've got a small lineup so far, but I needed a break. I just, I was becoming bitter. I was becoming twisted. Um, and the shows <laughs> were, frankly, I've got to be honest, they were starting to become crap. They were really, I, I was putting out stuff that was substandard that I wasn't proud of. Uh, I was putting out Leo Laporte stuff. Let's let's put it that way. I, I said Ooh, really early on in the piece that, um, you know, with, with Namp, I said to a lot of people, if I ever end up like Leo, where I'm talking more about an Android device or I'm not interested in the show, that's it, Mike. Shoot me in the head, get rid of me, and, and tell me to call it a day. And I really needed that break because I went through three months with Namp where it was just, it was pure bitterness. And it was just, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to talk happily about Apple stuff. And obviously you can't, you know, drink the Kool-Aid every day. You've got to, you know, also have the rants and the complaints. But, you know, I, I just noticed that I was shifting and I wasn't happy doing it. On, and I don't believe the listeners were happy hearing what I had to say. And same with GSE. It just, it went downhill to where uh, our toilet humour, I think, Kevin, got a, a little bit over the top with me. I just went a little bit too far. Okay, okay, so I own part of that, maybe. But I'm going to blame you, give blame Mike me. some geek, and give Mike <laughs> geek points because you because of you. Absolutely. Mike deserves all my <laughs> geek points, if I've got any left, because he's, he's come back and he's saved the show. He, he's saved 
you from me, and he's saved me from <laughs> myself, and he's saved the listeners from having to put up with me. So, well done, Mike. Wow, I almost, I almost feel important. Wow. You, okay. Do you feel impotent? I mean, important then? <laughs> oh, oh, let's not go that far, South people. <laughs> Come on, a couple more years there, Kevin. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. That's true for some well, of us. Yeah, the the uh, shooting pool over the rope joke can come down the road their way. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I will have to say uh, this this is this is a much anticipated event that the six six to seven listeners that we have have been waiting for to have all three of us on the show together. I know we're doing so, video, but we're not recording video. I know, we're not. So we can do I mean, creepy all... stuff behind the scenes and no one needs to know. No, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, no. No man boobs, no. Uh, I got my, my Dr. Evil chair here. I'm all comfortable. You guys are all hunched over there. I'm, I'm leaning yeah, back. I'm, and... I'm not relaxed yet. I, I, I think it's early days. It, it's a, the early few minutes of being back in podcast and I'm not quite, you know, maybe I should, you know, oh, I'll just adjust myself and just relax a little bit. Well, you know, I think the problem we're going to face here tonight, Mike, as we record with Mark, is, you know, keeping him on topic, on track, and and watching out that he doesn't slip into his old bad ways. You know, it could be really, it, it could just Kevin, totally, shut up. It could totally <laughs> ruin the show. <laughs> My God. Okay, let's put a vote. Who thinks I should sack Kevin? Hands up, hands up. Mike, I'm flexible. You with me? Yeah, he's flexible. Oh, I can't sack sure. him this week. No. Nope. Oh, uh, well. Now, you, actually, you know what, Kevin? I, I've been, I really appreciated you taking on the hosting role while I've been gone. And honestly, I, I think maybe you should be the permanent host. And then I can come in and, and be an ass. And then Mike can come <laughs> in and, 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 and be perfect. And, and then we've got a show. Now, I, yeah. You know. I, I, I'm more than happy to do that. I, I do enjoy hosting the show. I hope the listeners enjoy it. I think they're enjoying uh, what we're doing. Uh, I, I think, like I think you're getting a bit more feedback uh, than, yeah. than when I was on because I kind of grossed everyone out, I think. <laughs> no, well, don't, don't sell yourself short. Well, you know, all kidding aside, it's glad to have you back because uh, Kevin and I, you know, our shtick kind of ends up being the the old man uh, uh, thing or you're reminiscing – stumbling down memory lane once in a while but you know you bring a certain youth and because you're one of those young farts out there uh you bring a certain youth and energy and different viewpoint to the thing so it'll keep us in check and kind of get us going in different directions so it's just not uh you know the old uh old timers club over here so <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah sounds, he's one sounds of those, good but you, you guys both have more hair than i do i i've got a bigger yeah. bald spot look at that no mike mine's worse uh, Mine is, mine's is really bad. I, I kind of look like a clown or a Mickey Mouse at the moment. And, and literally, you could land a 747 on my, my runway right down the middle of my head. Because it's winter down here at the moment, so it's cold, so I let my hair grow. And I, I look like a, I don't know, a muffin or something. I just, um, I keep sure. my hair short so I can't grab a handful and yank it out. Oh, no, my hair is getting way too long. I need to get it cut. I mean, I think I walked outside the other day and the wind moved it, so... That means it's time to get it cut. <laughs> I don't mind it if I get if mine gets just tall enough that it kind of stands up on its own, and then I kind of have that. Uh, I, I think it looks kind of cool. Other people may think I look like a dork. I don't care. Uh, but when it gets to the point that it starts to kind of flop over, then I want to do something with it. Well, like I said before, somewhere sometime I'll find one of the pictures of me back in the uh, 70s when I had hair down to my shoulders. 
and and you know the part down the middle and that that, that whole shtick that we had back then. Well, I'll, I'll make a confession here. I don't know if there was any pictures ever taken, but my wife was when we were uh, dating. She was went to school for cosmetology, so you know you do things together as a couple to bond and learn to be uh, about each other. So you know, I let her do give me a perm a few times. So I don't know if any of those pictures are okay. Now, Mark, just you know, like I say, sometimes the things you do for love, but you know, it was all that kind of you know. Uh, like I said, I don't know I, if there's I'd any pictures of that. I'd never do that for love. I'd, I'd never do that for that, that, no. Actually, yeah. no, I don't want to go there. There is something that Gretel's asked me to do for love, and it's like, oh, no, I ain't doing that. Ain't hey, it's, doing it's, that. Like, it's like this. You just need to be thankful Gretel's still letting you stay in the house. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let, let me just put it this way. She wants me to get a male Brazilian. And, uh, oh. No, no, a- absolutely not. No way. It's never going to happen. Because, you know, a, a few years ago, a friend of mine decided to, to do that. He got pressured by his girlfriend to do it. And uh, he ended up having an ingrown pubic hair. And Ow! I know. And he had to have an operation for it. And then there was this big hole in his lower groin area that he could actually stick his finger into. It was just, oh, it was Ow. so gross. And I just, oh, never again. Ugh. Anyway, uh, see, I'm back, and I've already grossed everyone out. Oh, well, my God. I was just going to say duct tape, you know, whatever, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just rip. Oh, dear, my. And we have gone way, way down the rat hole here. We have. And, and, but, and, and, you, know, and you know what's funny? Some people complain about you and Mike being too rude for the show, and it's like, geez, just put me back on <laughs> Hey, dude, you're making us look better. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, compared compared to you, we look like golden the golden boys. Absolutely, I've played the bus here is about that. So, but we, we all jokes aside, we do have uh, Mark actually did come up with some ideas. I mean, well, I, was, I wasn't in, going to, but I thought, well, just in case Kevin comes up empty-handed. Yeah, that happens. Uh, <laughs> just, I mean, just because you know. This is the first time, and we've been doing this show for, what, two and a half, three years now, that he actually did some research. Um, you know, we'll give him a little credit, but we're, we're, we, I think what we're going to do is probably start on a, a, a related topic before we get to one of Mark's topics. And this is a topic. Yeah, that's nice, part of it. Nice. <laughs> there's, uh, there's something, and we've talked before. Uh, it's well known that Mark's a gamer. I'm a gamer. Mike's gotten into gaming more and more. We talked a couple weeks ago about the new rig that he bought so he can do gaming and the one he's doing podcasting on. Um, and we want to hear about how, how that's going, how much you're liking your new machine. But I came across an article a while back, and I thought it would be fun for us to discuss all the movies or all the video games they're talking about making movies out of. And some of them I kind of understand. But others, I'm going, what the hell? I mean, they, they don't make any sense to to do it. I mean, one of the first ones on the list that I that I think will make a decent movie, I don't know, is Assassin's Creed. That would make an awesome movie. Uh, the books are pretty good, actually. And the gameplay of that is just... I mean, story arc is brilliant. It's just absolutely amazing. So that, I definitely say, would be an absolute killer movie. Let's just hope they don't do like a Mario and Luigi movie again, because that was shocking back in the 90s. I don't even remember that. Uh, it, oh. I, 
Was it TV? It was, it was either TV or movies. I, I really can't remember now because I get confused occasionally with the, um, the Street Fighter movie as well. That was just horrendously bad as well. Was, was that with uh, a, a live action with uh, Anthony Hopkins in it? That rings a bell, Mike. You said which one was it? See, Kevin, you, you, you should be looking up this stuff. We've got people yelling at their, their iPods and iPhones going, you guys should know. Why are you talking about stuff you don't know? I'm a freaking host. I just get to sit here and pick at you two. <laughs> uh, well, let's see here. Mario movie. Uh, Super Mario Brothers. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I think it was uh, like 96, 97, something like that. Yeah, Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, uh, Dennis Hopper, uh, Fisher Stevens. Good. Uh, 1993. Wow, okay, I'm a few years out, but still in the 90s, so that's not bad. Yeah. But, uh, now that, I didn't that, even that was, remember that, that. That was pretty bad. And then they did Street Fighter in the 90s as well, and I went and saw that at the theatre. Oh, my God, what a disappointment that was. That was um, oh, just bad. It was bad acting, well, bad action, and the story sucked. I don't think there was a story, actually. I'm looking at the list here. I, I kind of know of some of these. I don't know the games that well. Uh, the one game on here that I do play that they are talking about, if I can find it again, Portal. That's one of the games I like. Um, it might be, a, if they do it right, the um, special effects could be interesting, where you put the portal up and you jump from one place to another. Okay, what are we, well, I was going to say, what are we going to have for a story around this? Yeah, uh, it's a bit hard. It's isn't a, it? every, everybody, it's a big glass hole or something. I don't. Well, you know, the, the coolest thing about the thing I like most about Portal is Glados and her uh, smart ass um, comments that she makes all the time. And uh, you know, if you that could be interesting, you know, maybe the play there. But a movie. I mean, some things that sound interesting. Maybe they should be a ten minute short, not a full length movie. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent point because there are. I mean. Some some things just don't lend themselves to long form. It's like the, that show, and I don't want to go too far into it, Under the Dome. And it's one of these things I can't stop watching, but it really should have not been more than about a two- or three-hour miniseries, and that was it. I, I totally agree. I, I love the book, and I love Stephen King's storytelling, uh, but, boy, they've screwed with that. I mean, they've just... They, they extend each episode... And it's like, oh my god, get get to the point, you know? It, it's it's really too long. They should have made it maximum one season, and as they didn't, uh, I really believe, as you said, Kevin, they should have just made it a a mini series like The Stand, um, The Langoliers, one of those where it's you know an epic four hour adventure, four or five hour adventure, um, and perfect for a DVD release. And I think it would have been gold, but um, no, yeah, they, just, they re- they've ruined it. In a way, it, if you like the book, they've ruined it. If you have never read the book, then I guess it's okay. No, I've never read the book. I hate it, and I keep watching it, and I hate myself for watching it. I, I, think, I, it, I think it's pretty good. Um, you know, the selection of actors isn't too bad, but um, it, it's got to move along quickly. And it cannot go into a, a third season. There's no story there. It, it has to end season two. Um Unless they completely change the the story that's in the book, um, which yeah. basically has already been changed enough that you know the characters are still the same, but 
Yeah, some are supposed to be dead already and they're not dead already and yeah, just crazy stuff. No, it's just like the real world. Some people should be dead already and they're not. But you know, that's well, the way you it know, works. I, I, I keep getting lucky, don't I? Yeah. I was going to say, I got a list, but... Uh, I, <laughs> anyway. um, the, now, I know of the game Resident Evil, but I don't know that game that well. That game, kill them. If, if they can make that into a horror film, get Rob Zombie into it to, to actually make that, that thing would kick ass and take names. Absolutely brilliant horror genre game. Very difficult, very hardcore. Play that game in the dark and watch the movie in the dark. But they've already done some of the Resident Evil movies, too. Um, so I'm not sure which, which one, um, you're referring to Kevin, cause this list is really long, but there are some resident, uh, resident evil six. Okay. Well, there's already been some resident evil movies, which, eh, hit and miss. They're okay. They're not, they're certainly not as bad as street fighter. No, I mean, it just, yeah, I, I don't, you know, again, sometimes I think, Hollywood is bereft of uh, good ideas. I mean, they keep they they remake movies. They 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 keep redoing things. And the worst part is when they don't put a new twist on things, it really gets bad. Well, Hollywood's like a meat grinder. They'll say, "Here's an idea. Let's chuck this in. Let's throw this in there. Crank it out the other end, and you have you know some either bland sausage or bad tasting sausage. It's very rare that they kind of get the mixture just right because some of these there's potential there. Like I said, I think that Portal movie. I don't know if they could be made into a full length uh, because that's the one I'm most familiar with on the list. That one could be done right. There could be some comedic effect there between the right actor and like Glados and you know kind of some stuff there. There could be some. Some interesting special effects. There could be some. There's a possibility there for uh, um, maybe. Well, let's keep Michael uh, Mann out of this. Uh, I think he isn't he the one that does all the jump cuts and uh, the um, uh, Transformer movies. Uh, you know, let's not get him. But the right director that would bring a certain amount of uh, you know energy to it and the and kind of tie things together. It could be okay. Um, what you're gonna do for a story, I don't know. But there's some potential there for that one. And I think it's the same way with some of these other ones. There's potential there. If you can do it right, because like War, they got Warcraft here again. I don't know it. My son plays it. I'm somewhat familiar with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's kind of um, um, uh, fantasy type game. Um, again, special effects could be interesting if you can get a story that would hold it all together. Because uh, I know a lot of people play it. They're into it. They understand that. If they could see that, uh, you know, on the screen there. Um, of course, I think the thing that's going to affect some of these movies is um, the Twitch network. Uh, you can watch people play these games yeah. online. Okay, what are they going to do with a movie that would bring something else to this that would get people away from watching people play it on Twitch and watch your ad- adaptation of it that's going to make you want to fork over money and go to a movie theater, come out of your comfortable house, put on clothes, shower, bathe, and, you know, and go out in the real world to watch this movie. Well, unless it comes to Netflix, then all bets are off there. But Yeah, I mean, some of these are probably made straight for, they, they could be made and go straight to DVD. Um, you know, I, I don't know. But, uh, again, some of them do have potential. I agree with you, Mike, the, the GLaDOS for Portal. But then I look down here on the list, Angry Birds. And I'm going, uh, what the hell? and and you know just like this list said it will it is probably of everything on the list probably has the best chance of actually getting made into a movie and I'm going what the hell can they talk about? Well, I mean, they're not Angry Birds shorts, but 
they, they just don't have the full feature yet. But they, they've got, you know, little five-minute, you know, sort of animated well, kind of cartoons, I guess you'd call it. And my kids watch it. I, I, I just kind of looking at, oh, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't care. There's not enough of a, of a story there. But I suppose it depends what demographic they're looking at. And are they looking at this being a, a promotional engine to promote the Angry Birds universe, or are they looking to make a good quality movie? And I think all of these fall into that category. It's like Transformers. Um, the Transformers original TV series was based to support the, the toys that came out. Uh, it, it's just that back then they actually made good animation and had good storylines, so it stood on its, you know, its own two feet. But I, I think what we've got to do is also look at the possible marketing avenues that these guys and these, uh, you know, intellectual property holders are actually doing. And is it just marketing and an ad for, hey, go and see the, the movie and then go straight down to your game shop and buy the, the associated game as you're walking out of the shops? Uh, and I think that can sometimes uh, be an issue. It makes me think of McDonald's and all their tie-in with Disney and stuff when they do merchandising oh, yeah. for... I mean, it's Happy just... Happy Meals and, and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and look, that's a revenue building. I, I was watching a documentary the other day where McDonald's with the Monopoly game, apparently, um, and, and based on this documentary, they were saying that when that Monopoly game um, is is uh, the month that it's going for, McDonald's increases revenue by 3%. Uh, which 3%? 3%. Which is just massive. That's why they keep doing it, and and that's all these different marketing things that they. You know, I, I know my kids. We go to to the shops, to the food court. We see McDonald's and Happy Meal, and they've got you know this new Skylanders toy. Now the Skylander doesn't go into the Skylanders game, but it's just for them to play around with, and it'll break after a week. But that that's okay. Well, now we've got to get them a Happy Meal, even if they don't need a Happy Meal, even if we've you know. Even if we're about to go home and have dinner or lunch, they still want that Happy Meal because they get this stupid bloody toy. And I I keep turning around to my kids, look, I'll I'll get you a real Skylanders. You can add it to your collection and and build that up and play with it. No, no, they want that. They they have to have that one. So, of course, McDonald's gets my money uh, because they sell to the kids. And and that's something that games and, and, and being transported into movies... It's one of those things, it's real marketing and can get very, very nasty and very, uh, you know, it, it can aim more for the kids than anything else. It's like the, the Lego movie that came out, um, you know, that that tied in with then all the, the toys. So, you know, Nicholas went to see it, he loved it. He, of course, ducks his pants and goes, honey, where's my pants now? Oh. There's a story. I haven't seen, I, I haven't seen that. it yet. It, it, it's funny. It's, it's a pretty good movie, but it's adult-driven because there's elements in there like Batman. They've got Batman in there, but Batman is in a relationship with one of the other characters, and he comes across as this jock, this real, you know, smart-ass jock kind of guy. And it's like, um, boy, you have just totally fucked with Batman to where he's no longer cool. He's now evil. He's now not a nice guy. And you... You're delivering this to kids, and it's just—I don't know. I think sometimes movies go too far 
in what they actually present as as being comedic value. I think they try to, to hit the adult audience as well as the kids, but sometimes that adult humour just doesn't work well uh, when kids are, are watching it and, and want to be part of that that world and yeah. that universe. Yeah, it, it can be a it can be a tough uh, line to cross. I mean, Toy Story did it very well, uh, and I love the Toy Story movies where they could do the 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 kids side of thing. The kids could get the humor, but then they'd throw in the occasional thing, like uh, what was it, Toy Story two, where uh, uh, Jesse walks up to Buzz and says something, and all of a sudden his wings pop out. You know, <laughs> it's you know, it's it. That's the type of stuff the kids are going to laugh and not understand why. Yep. And and we're going to see it as adults and go, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and and Bo Peep and a sheep, we uh, we 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 know where that's going. But uh, yeah. with, and and Buzz, Woody, of course, the name Woody for a dog. Yeah, Buzz has I, his yeah, you know. Buzz has his own Woody now. So well, I mean, well, you know, well, well, so you got Woody, and then you got Buzz. So you got a you got a Woody, which makes sense to everyone. Then you got a Buzz, which is akin to a vibrator, and you know, it, <laughs> it's funny for the adults to watch all of this, but the, the yeah. kids, thankfully, until they grow up, they. They don't know how seedy their their favorite <laughs> favorite movies yeah, are. <laughs> I know, really, that's true. Now, are there any others on the list that you, know uh, you Tom, guys Tom are? Clancy. In- um, now, um, unfortunately, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I'm I'm pretty sure Tom Clancy died in the last year or two. Uh, so, if, if if that's correct, then those movies are going to suck because the the guy could write. I mean, whether you understood yeah. his movies or or didn't. Uh, or, or his games and so forth. He could write. He was a good storyteller. Uh, Gears of War, maybe. Um, Kane and Lynch, no, that would suck. Far Cry, I like the Far Cry games, but not really. Roller Coaster Tycoon, that's just dumb. I, I, you that's, even stu- that's even stupider than uh, Angry Birds. I, I mean, who could they get to put in that? I mean, I suppose Eddie Murphy's at the end of his career, so, I mean, he, you know, he could probably do some joking, funny thing with that. I don't know what it is with comedy recently, guys, but I'm, I haven't found a good comedy film, and I think some of the, the key comedy actors, the Eddie Murphys and, and Jim Carreys of the 90s, just aren't there. And, and the comedy films that have been pa- passed around now, I, I just don't like their humour. I, I look at Adam Sandler. He hasn't made a good movie in 10 years. And I used to he love his good, films. He made a good movie? Did I miss that one? I'm not impressed with Adam Sandler because some of his stuff, it, to me, it's a little juvenile. And I guess I've never really gotten yeah. into the juvenile uh, thing too much. Um, I, I just, I'm trying to think of, you know, the movies. I'm trying to think which ones have come out recently. Because most of the time when we sit down to watch a movie, because, well, with, with Sci-Fi Tech Talk, we usually end up, you know, looking at sci-fi movies mm-hmm. and don't pay a lot, a lot of attention to other stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to think what there has been for a good, you know, funny movie out recently yeah i'm, I, that, I I'm even struggling now to think of a good comedy that i've seen recently i mean like, it was like, there are a couple like of the animated one where, ones where you cry with, with such humor you, you just don't really see it anymore I, i'm not sure what humor is supposed to be in modern society but it's changed it is different than what it used to be yeah i i'm there's a couple comedies that came out that looked good uh, one of them with uh, Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock, I thought looked pretty good. I fell asleep about ten minutes into it. It was, <laughs> and, you know, and I That's like both telling. actresses. I like Melissa McCarthy and I like uh, uh, Mike and Molly. You know who I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, Sandra Bullock. I dearly love Sandra Bullock. Um, 
And oh, if Gilbert, my friend Gilbert's listening, go over and see Sandra Bullock this coming weekend. Get her autograph for me, please. He lives. He her house isn't too far from his in New Orleans, so. Oh my. So he Gosh. needs to go over there. Um, yeah, he his chances are uh, like a <laughs> like a chance in hell of getting anywhere near the house. But anyway, uh, just do that for me, Gilbert, if you don't mind. Um, but yeah, some of these, I, I mean, I don't even recognize some of these games. I I, uh, I recognize most of them because I played most of them. Because um, I I used to be as insane as as Tim Chatham. Um, and I used to play everything and I would literally play a game, finish it, get the next one, play a game, finish it, get, get the next one. And the only reason why I call Tim insane in, in, in this way is, is because I'm jealous that I don't have the time and I've got a family now and I can't do what I used to do because it, it was fun times. It was absolutely brilliant. And, uh, you know, he's doing five different gaming podcasts now, guys. He is going to seriously burn out. He's done one on Steam, Xbox, Nintendo, PlayStation, and then something else. I swear there's a fifth one in there, but it's just... I Remember when I was doing five podcasts, so I had the one with Sam, and we were doing track talk, and then I had the Nintendo game, and oh... Tim's other one is is the other one that I was doing with him, which was the movie. International Film Club. He's taken all the international out now. It's just Film Club and Xbox Club and and Nintendo Club. So he's he's taken what we started and he's revolutionising it, which I think is absolutely awesome. He's doing a good job, but I I fear that he's going to run into the same sort of situation I did where you're going to have burnout and or, or his hair you're going to lose out. interest. Well, yeah, my hair fell out, I, I must admit. But you you do you can do too much podcasting. As much as we love it, I think sometimes you need a break like I had. But uh, anyway, beside that point, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, back to the list. Tomb but- Raider, Angelina Jolie. Enough said. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I, she's getting a little older, though. I mean, I don't know. She may need, you know, stronger support uh, uh, material. <laughs> I don't just mean I, the script. You know what? I, I've got to say, Madonna's in her 50s and is still hot as ever. So, um, hey, maybe yeah. there's hope for me yet. Really? Madonna? When, oh, yeah, getting Madonna, older, she, she hot. Madonna, Madonna, I was trying to, no, Madonna's getting hot? better with age, in my opinion. Ooh, I have uh, to disagree there. I never thought she was <laughs> anything to look at to begin with. <laughs> Now, back to uh, the, the, the list. Uh, Gran sure. Turismo, you know what? They, they came out with... Um, I just actually watched the trailer today for uh, The Need for Speed. And um, it's, it's got that guy who, who was in uh, Breaking Bad. And I don't know. I, I used to like stuff like that, but Fast and Furious kind of has that market. Gran Turismo is... It, it, it's not street racing, it's not exciting, it's it's track racing, and there's already been a number of films done on the track. Uh, there's been a couple of Formula One ones that were great, and I, I just don't see a, a movie being made out of that. Driver, yes, Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain is a movie. It doesn't need to be made into a movie. It is the greatest PlayStation 3 game ever made, except for Bayonetta, but Bayonetta was on Xbox and uh, and PlayStation. But Heavy Rain... It is a movie because of the way that you go through it. You actually don't play the game. The game plays you. So you're this character (laughs) and you go through the world, but you've got to make real-world decisions, the good, the bad, the indifferent. Do you guys ever remember those books many years ago, the Choose Your Own Adventure books? And you'd read Mm. 
page five, and then it would give you an option to see Katie die, go to page 18, or, you know, to see Katie live, go to page 22. And then you go to that specific page, and then the story would change and continue on. I used to love them as a kid. And um, Heavy Rain was very much like this, where you had to make that decision, hey, you know, does this... Am I doing the right thing here? If I had a gun and I had the opportunity to shoot someone, would I do it or wouldn't I do it? And then the story changes to reflect that action that you take. It's very similar to Alan Wake on the Xbox 360. And uh, look, Heavy Rain, I, I can't speak highly enough of it. One of the greatest games to ever come out of Sony. Absolutely amazing. Um, I, I just, I, I never even heard of that one. Go, go, on, uh, go yeah. on YouTube, just, just YouTube the trailer, and it, it's pretty special. It's it's pretty good. Um, now, the, the next one on the list is a game from when Mike and I were kids. Oh, Asteroids. You know what? I, how can you make a game out of that without it being in, in the sci-fi? Actually, Mike, you can probably answer this one better because you're more into the, the sci-fi right. films, I think, than any of us. But I just don't see how they're going to make a story out of this unless they humanize it somehow. I don't know. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I think they made it and it was called, um, uh, Armageddon. Oh yeah. I know. The the only good thing to come out of Armageddon was zero Smith's first number one hit. That was, that was the only (laughs) good thing to come out of that. And that's only because I'm an Aerosmith fan. So that, that movie just, well, we we reviewed that. Yeah. We reviewed that movie and the thing, you know, it it was all the adrenaline in it. It was all the let's you know. I think was that a Michael Mann movie? I got to remember. It no, was all was, the. Um, um, I, I know who it was, but I just can't remember. Kevin, look it up while we're talking. Uh, yes, sir. You know, <laughs> Michael. It was very much in the vein of that late nineties uh, style movie where they had The Rock and um, they they had a couple of those that style of movie where it was it was fake and it was completely fake, but you got into it for the action. It was very much an action-style-driven, uh, well, not story. Excuse me, sir. Pardon me, sir. <laughs> it was made by Mr. Michael Bay, sir. Michael Please Bay. Michael me. Bay. That's excuse the guy me, I'm sir. thinking of. Yeah, not Michael, Michael Mann. Michael, Michael Mann Bay. plays the, um, he plays like the bad guy in all the mafia movies, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah, Michael Bay. The He's the one... He's the one with the no cuts longer than about five seconds. Yep. Uh, he jumps from this to that. And because um, uh, that's silent because he's done the Transformer movies. And he did one other movie that we watched on Sci-Fi Tech Talk, uh, The Island. That one didn't bother me so much. There was he had action shots in there, and it was some of the same. I think some of it maybe have even been used for the Transformers, but it was all that kind of uh jump around, you know, uh, uh, things flying through the air type stuff. In that movie, it wasn't bad. But Transformers, it kind of gets on my nerves. And Armageddon was just the one that really just torqued me off because it was all this just kind of, you know, all over the place. And then, you know, we'd cut to other scenes. But it was just it was just one of those movies that just set me on edge just because it the constant, you know, um, you know, it's like a 
uh, somebody on uh, who has ADD and doing crack while drinking coffee all day just can't <laughs> settle on one single cut, and it's just jumping. It's that kind of style. It, it's good for certain length shots, but when you, your whole movie kind of comes out that way, no. Just take a Quaalude guy, calm down, and let's see if you can make something that doesn't require you know the uh, the energy of a two-year-old to watch. Yeah, I feel sorry for yeah. anyone with epilepsy trying to watch one of his movies uh. because they are all <laughs> over the place. I've often, you know, I, I, I love Transformers. I'm a big Transformers fan, have been all the way since its, uh, you know, initiation uh, with the original um, series. So I, I do enjoy the movies. But the one thing that I, I sort of look at is they move too quickly. You want to see more of the fighting, more of the, the sort of battling that goes on. And I just wonder if it's still a limitation in technology and special effects that they speed it up so that we can't see, you know, the, the, the lack of polygons or the, the lack of detail in these fast-moving scenes. I wonder if that's a key to why his style is that way. So that, you know, an explosion or, you know, they're, they're smashing fists together or, or something. And it can look good and look fast, but you don't see the fine detail. You don't see all the, the bits break off, um, you know, the different individual Transformers. Um, I, you know, it's just I've always thought that, well, you know, if you showed more of this and you sort of pause it and then go slow-mo through it, and it, it just looks like a pixelated mess. Well, you know, now you may when you do slow things down, of course, you're going to see more details. Just like if you ever watch some of those, especially the old 70s movies and, and television shows where they'd show a car jump and it would make this impossible jump. And if they didn't cut it right, you'd see the car hit and you could literally see the front end bend up mm-hmm. and then the car drives away totally unscathed. <laughs> I'm going, wait, 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 wait. Back but, it up but here, that, that was still that was still good. I mean, back in the day, it was good, and and even though we watch that now and we say, "Hey, you know that looks bad," it's still fun to watch. It's still enjoyable. Actually, I've been getting in. Do you guys remember uh, the TV series TJ Hooker? Yes. Oh yes. With, I, uh, I just bought that on iTunes. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Actually, you know what else I, I thought was interesting related to to William Shatner, and I know I'm sort of deviate in here a bit but we will get back on track i hope um now the vinyl revival i love vinyl i've gone back to the revival like nothing else i I just love physical media still uh but william shatner's album actually is getting a re-release on vinyl now even me as much as i like vinyl i've got to turn around i've got to say all right i think the vinyl revival has gone just a little bit too far yeah, we want Led Zeppelin, we want ACDC, we want Van Halen, you know, we want good jazz records, we want, you know, the good pop records like the Michael Jackson's Thriller and stuff like that, but we don't need, we really, really don't need William Shatner's. Well, I mean, that'll have that special cut with uh, Leonard Nimoy singing Bilbo Baggins probably then too. I've got no idea. I didn't even want to sample it. I just looked. I just looked at the well, list that came in from my local have you, have record you ever, store. And I just have went, you ever seen no. Ne- have you ever seen Nimoy singing uh, Bilbo Baggins? No, I haven't, and I don't want to ruin my perception of Leonard Nimoy because I, I, I class him very highly, you know, in, in the Star Trek realm, and I'd like to keep him there. I don't. I don't want the, to see him do something like fo- that, folks. If you haven't seen it, go to YouTube. 
Look up uh, Leonard Nimoy, Bilbo Baggins, or Leonard Nimoy Sings, and you will see he actually cut a music video back in, I it appears to be the late 60s to early 70s, singing the song Bilbo Baggins. And, and then the funny part is, if uh, they did that, was it an Audi commercial a couple years ago with him and uh, who's the guy that plays Spock? I can't think of his name. Spock in the new Star Trek movies. Uh, uh, Zach- Zachary, Zachary Quinto? Quinto, yeah. They do a commercial, but it, there's, and they're cutting back and forth between the two of them. And there's one point, part where Leonard Nimoy's sitting there in his part of the commercial singing Bilbo Baggins, you know. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. But, folks, if you want a good laugh, there is nothing funnier than Leonard Nimoy singing Bilbo Baggins. He can sing. I mean, he doesn't have a bad singing voice. But, oh, my God, the, the choice of the, the title was awful. But uh, And you were talking about video games. You and I haven't been on, I don't think, together since I got my newest video game. Mike and I talked about it yeah, a little bit. Mario Kart. I, you know what? Nicholas keeps bugging me about getting it, and I keep sort of saying no and, and so forth. And actually, I, I should have bought it maybe, um, maybe a, about six weeks or so ago because they actually had the, the Wii U for $150 Australian bundled with Skylanders, and they were clearing them out, and I missed it, and now they're back to full price, and it's like, ah. Uh. But, you know, I, I'm so busy with everything else that I, I tend to play the 3DS a lot these days, um, and I, I just haven't, I haven't really dug into to TV console gaming for a while. And, you know, guys, I'm actually interested in going back to that because... Well, back to sort of some sort of gaming, because Bioshock 2 is apparently coming out on the iPhone or iOS platform. That That's going to be either an absolute fail or an absolute, you know, it's going to be the best game that's ever been released. Um, no idea, but it's, apparently it's coming in the US summer, so it's, it's not far off. Um, what makes me interested is why didn't they release the first Bioshock? Because that one, of course doesn't require the graphics uh that bioshock 2 does um i, I and plus I, i'm I, I don't know you guys the same where you've got to do everything in chronological order you don't want to jump into the second movie because you missed the the first movie are, are you guys the same um not always point. i i guess if i've already played it or if i've already seen it like star trek i can just go and and pop in and, and go for the movies that i actually want to see um versus watching them in chronological order. But I still um, prefer it because they, they do they, they, they do sort of carry on, like Search for Spock carried on from... Uh, the Voyage Home. Vo- no, vo- Voyage Home um, came after Search for Spock. But but they're all tied in and they're all Wrath linked of in. Con. Yeah, they're all, they're, all, they're all linked in. So if you sort of didn't know what was going on in one, you need to go back. And I think that's... One problem that games have that movies don't have, we can always hire a movie, purchase a movie, download a movie before we go and see the next one. Before we see the next Iron Man, we can see Iron Man 1, 2, and 3, even if we've never seen them before. Whereas games, one of the big problems I have is, especially when they change consoles, like recently they've gone, of course, with the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, and they're not compatible with the Xbox 360 games or the, the PlayStation 3 games. But there's a lot of great games that are still there. And I'd want to play those old games before I played the new games on the new platforms so that I know the whole ecosystem, the story. If I look at something like Assassin's Creed, 
Assassin's Creed is a big story arc, very similar to Star Trek. In it, it, it's creating a universe, and I want to know where that universe began and where it went to. Um, and I, I've played the games in Assassin's Creed in chronological order, except for a couple of the more recent ones. And I, I need that to get that storyline to fully appreciate the game. I can't just go and buy the latest Assassin's Creed and jump into it. Good thing with Mario Kart, though, you can jump into any version of Mario Kart. Well, see, I'm not familiar with Bioshock 1 and 2, but I got Bioshock Infinite. And, you know, I played it, and I didn't, uh, you know, not knowing anything about the other two... Um, and I didn't see any uh, callbacks to that game, or at least I wasn't aware of it. So something like that, it isn't so bad. It depend- yeah, if, it, if the progression of the game kind of depends upon some prior knowledge uh, of the former games, yeah, um, yeah, that would be one thing. If you can play the game and maybe you miss a couple in-jokes or something like that, that's not so bad. It all depends on how the game is structured. Um, so I'm not a big uh, stickler on... Uh, and like I said, I... I I am. I'm. Yeah. I'm sort of getting back into games a little bit. Uh, not real much. I mean, right now my crack cocaine has been Minecraft, um, <laughs> running around there building stuff, and it's kind of my way of relaxing. When I come home, I can go and you know. Uh, right now, I've been. I found. I stumbled across the mine in the game, so I'm down there strip mining everything out of it and hauling it up. And I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but you know, I, I got stockpiled. I can build something if I want to. Uh, but you know, that's what I'm kind of doing. And then um, uh, I think we talked a little bit on one of the uh, other shows i've been playing um um banished which is a kind of a city building type game or a community building type game you know that's the kind of stuff that i'm into but yeah i haven't really done any that you played any that um well you know the one that i you know play has got a whole series of them is like civilization but that uh, again doesn't require any real prior knowledge actually in some cases you're probably better off not having certain prior knowledge Mm -hmm. because then you have to change the way you think about playing the game so uh you know series like that uh unless there's some real callback i i can jump into any of them Mm -hmm. you know the a series that i think is one where you can jump around and i have is call of duty because i yeah yeah, because they they i mean they close out the the story and there is no story in call of duty anymore that's the that's the disappointing part. It's very much an online multiplayer experience. Whereas I actually like playing the single player, but the single player is like a, a four or five hour experience now, whereas is it, it, it used to be a, a 10, 12 hour experience. So they've actually, well, I, for me, they've ruined that franchise because I can't com- with my pin rates and my speed in Australia, I, I can't compete online with games like that. Well, I play Call of Duty. I have the original Call of Duty for my original Xbox, which I've talked about before. And then I have Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 for uh, the DSXL. And I and, and absolutely no connection other than they're both first-person shooters and you're in the military. And that's that's about it. So those you could jump in, you know, anywheres. But I, I understand the point, though, about some of the games where they do build on one another and it might help. Um, I think Halo is a little. Halo's definitely like that. I mean, you've got to. You kind of have to play them in the series. You can the, jump in, but it would be tough. Yeah, the the big franchise, the first party franchises, Halo, Gears of War, um, you know, even Uncharted, um, Infamous. Those types of games definitely lend to at least having the background knowledge um, or, you know, check out a YouTube video or check out a Wikipedia page just, you know, before you play it. 
Um, and look, maybe I'm just a stickler for for playing things in order, and I have to be segmented so that everything's actually perfect. Can, can we say ADD or OCB? OCD, OCD. Yeah, BD yeah. behavior disorder. Yeah, yeah. A fine line. So definitely, Mark, I, I step over the line a lot. <laughs> Mark has a fine line in a lot of ways. I, I, everything I do, my books are read in chronological order and alphabetical orders. My music is played the same, and I do not deviate. I cannot deviate, otherwise something bad's going to happen to the well, world. Oh, well, you know, to your point, you, sometimes the order, like things, like I like watching NCIS, and I haven't watched it from the beginning. Uh, and I wasn't there, you know, I didn't watch it when it was first aired, so I've watched it on reruns, and sometimes the story jumps around. Yeah, then it's really kind of hard because yeah. then you're trying to what's the setup? And they have some like really long story arcs sometimes. And so if you are watching and you jump in the middle of the story arc and you're going, yeah, um, and that's one of those things that I've I've got Netflix, I got Netflix, Hulu, I got Amazon, I got all of them. I should sit down and watch some of these just so I can kind of get up to speed on some of them and kind of fill in the holes on some of those that I kind of know what's going on but not quite. When, yeah. that, when it comes when it comes to series, we're talking about what we some things we do we do in order and some we don't. I'm starting back on a book series that I had read over the course of ten, twelve years. I read the series. It's a I think there's eighteen books in the series. I forget how many there are. It's one written. We've talked about it on the show before uh, by Harry Turtledove. Uh, it's alternate history, and I'm going back and reading the first book in the series called How Few Remain. I actually got it on my Kindle. Um, I haven't. Got, I'm finishing up Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea before I start on that. So, um, yeah. Now that, those types of books, you really do have to kind of read them in the series, at least that particular one, because I can tell you, having read the whole series, you'd be going, "Huh? What? What?" <laughs> yeah. You jump in in the middle and try, what? What the hell? Why is this? <laughs> you know, it, it wouldn't make any sense. But I, I do like to do some things here, but I'm not quite as OCD about that as I am with. Uh, as you are with your albums or things like that, Mark. Yeah, I, I, look, I just like doing it that way. I like, you know, I'll sit down and, and um, you know, I'll listen to Aerosmith and I'll have a binge of Aerosmith, um, but it'll be in chronological order of album release. Just, I feel it builds, for me personally anyway, it builds my understanding and appreciation of the band, the band that started before I was even born too. So I didn't, Yes, Kevin, that, you were born well before then. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but it, it, if you know what I mean, it, it, it brings you closer to understanding uh, where they were and, and, and the steps that they actually went through. I'll, I'll even do things like I'll read biographies of, of different artists and then I'll actually be listening through their catalogue in chronological order. And when something interesting comes up and they say, oh, you know, we can't remember making this album. We were stoned off our, off our uh, rocker. Well, then I actually listen to the album and I go, oh, God, yeah, you were. It, it's, it's shocking. But, you know, you, you sort of pick up different elements at different stages in, in their careers. And um, I, I just find no. it interesting to, to see the beginning, the middle and the ending. Uh, and, you know, some are not finished. Some haven't. Um, you know, come to the end of their career, of course, Aerosmith is still going. Uh, but some people would say, well, maybe they should. But I, I personally think they're still pumping well. 
but now if you listen to Aerosmith, then you you have to get all the way through uh, either I'm trying to think of a Z band before you can go back and listen to ACDC. Then right? Yep. ZZ Top. ZZ yep, Top. I got thank ZZ you. ZZ Top. I do have ZZ oh, Top. Oh boy. Um, I I have um, well as you guys know I've got thousands of albums. I, I buy minimum one per week. Anything up to five albums per week. It depends. Um, you know, if I get good deals and so forth. So I've got a lot of music. I've got a big, big collection of music, and I, I just love listening to music. I, I can go through well, my collection relatively quickly. See, uh, you know, uh, well, we all like music, but, you know, we've all kind of given Kevin and a certain amount of grief about the ten songs that he owns or whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, my foible about music is I like mood music. So I put together playlists because sometimes, you know, if I'm especially, you know, given the kind of work that I do, which is doesn't require a lot of brain work. I kind of like, uh, you know, uh, a playlist that's kind of will keep the action going mm-hmm. and I can kind of get the rhythm into it and kind of set things. So that's my kind of thing there. And, you know, I like music, too. Um, and, you know, we didn't have it on the list, but since we kind of segued into that, um, I've been listening to Amazon Prime a lot. They have their Amazon Prime uh, music now, which if you have a Prime account, you can listen to their selection. Um, and I forget, it's like, was it a million songs? I forget what the count is. It doesn't include everything. There are some artists that aren't, aren't there, but you aren't able to get everything. But as long as you have that Prime membership, you can listen to anything in their library. You don't have to buy it. You can listen to it. You can download it onto your device. Uh, I think they got it fixed up or you know, into the Amazon app. I don't think you can, if you cancel your Amazon membership, I'm sure this will all go away. But you know, I've been doing something like that, and that's kind of my way. And they have people that put together playlists that are okay, not quite what I would want, but it's not too bad. They, they kind of get the idea. You know, I want like, you know, some rocking out music or something like that, fast-paced, you know, uh, great music. I can dance to it, you know, going, uh, throwing out a Dick Clark reference. So. Um, but, <laughs> you know, for those people who still remember The Endless Teenager. Um, but that's the kind of stuff I like listening to. And like, say, for right now, Amazon is doing it. And, you know, you've made uh, – you have been talking about physical media a lot and how you like your physical devices. And I'm moving the other way. I'm going to uh, uh, more electronic media, uh, more uh, streaming uh, stuff. Uh, you know, what I've been doing is there's a few movies that I – you know, if, I, if they ever disappeared off of streaming, I would like to own them. But that's a small handful. Uh, basically, what I'm trying to do is get to more. Um, I, I'll let Amazon uh, rip and record and store the movies for me because a lot of movies I, I may only want to watch once, maybe twice. It's only the you know the movies or the music that I really care about. That if I w- didn't, if I was to lose access to it, I would be disappointed. So that's the stuff I'm trying to um, hang on to. And we've uh, been going through the house. I think Kevin and I talked about it a few weeks ago. Uh, my mother-in-law is moving from a big house down to a small apartment, so we've been going through stuff. And if I hear the phrase, I don't know one more time, we're all going to lose our ever-loving mind. <laughs> because it's like, what do you want to do with this? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> but, yes. And I kind of thought, you know, I, I like my – well, she likes us. The mother-in-law likes us, but, uh, you know, I like my kids. I'm not going to put them through the hassle of what are we going to do with all of dad's crap? Because when my wife's father-in-law passed away, he had tons of stuff, and we remember that. And so I'm going to, uh, you know, I hope to be doing my kids a favor so that whenever, you know, they have to be dealing with my stuff, they don't have to go through and, well, what do we keep do with this? We only got so much. We, You know, we, you know it's dad's stuff. We know we want to hang on to it. We want to, you know. 
we want to do this, but we don't have room for it. I you know, want to hopefully get it narrowed down to just small stuff that you know they can hopefully peacefully sit there and you divide it up and there won't be any rancor among them. But I just kind of want to get things down because I went and I actually threw out a bunch of old 8-track tapes, which you know even when they were good, 8-tracks sounded like crap. Because um, <laughs> I had this, them, Mark. Some are worth quite a bit. Uh, possibly, but you know, yeah, I know. There's some of that, but there's also the hassle of doing it. You know, going through that. Yeah, there's a few things that we should try to you know sell. Uh, but you know, some of those eight tracks. I'm lucky. I'm going. You know, as far as the music, in all likelihood, because I had the notion I was going to record them off of eight track. I'm scotch. I'm not going to be paying for money uh, for something I've already bought once. Uh, and I was going to record them and turn them into MP3 files and do all this stuff. And I did it a couple times. And I realized this is going to take a lot of freaking work. Why do I want to do this? Uh, and I just kind of got to the point, you know, okay, so the eight tracks, uh, players are dying. And like I said, there may be somebody out there that may have been interested in them, but it's just kind of like, no, I don't need them. And I still have the cassettes. I don't, uh, you know, considering what to do with them. But again, a lot of that music is available online. I can download it. I've got um, on my uh, computer, I got a lot of music stored, the stuff that, you know, like I say, I really want, you know, Napster Days music that, you know, I still have, you know, some of that stuff around. But uh, that's the way, direction I'm going there. I'm just going to try and cut down, you know, on the physical media. Well, because um, on, I think it was last week's podcast, Allison Sheridan was talking about their ordeal of trying to find a movie that they thought they had in their collection, but they couldn't find it. And, you know, then they're trying to get it through Apple. And uh, Apple's the only option I haven't really tried because the problem is uh, with Apple, you have to have – It'll only play on basically Apple hardware or Apple-sanctioned stuff. Um, so it won't play on my Roku. It won't play on my Google TV device. So I'm going more open-ended options uh, for movies, uh, Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, uh, you know, some of those other ones that will play on everything. But you know, my thing is just trying to get away from having to store and house and figure out uh, all your physical media. So that's the direction I'm going. So I don't know. We're probably going different directions, but I think for mm, probably the same reasons. Well, the, the reason yeah. you're going different directions is Mark's on the bottom of the planet and you're on the top and his part goes <laughs> a different direction. Well, if I keep playing Minecraft, I'll dig a tunnel down to Australia, but that's a whole different conversation. And then you can chase Mark around with your 8-bit pick. <laughs> yeah, no, Mike, I, I can completely understand because that, that's what I did years ago. I, I got rid of the physical media because we were in a really small place when uh, Gretel and me first got together. It was like a one bedroom and just everything was boxed up, couldn't couldn't do anything with it. So I sold it on, then I went all digital. And now, because I've got the bigger place, I'm going, hey, I, I want this back on physical media. Um, you know, that's it, one of those things. I, I know my son, he'll take uh, my music collection because he adores my music collection. He, he even puts on records now and, and he just he loves it. He wants a turntable and I've said to him, okay, in a couple of years I'll buy you a nice one when you're a bit older. Uh, so he'll do that, whereas my daughter, she can't stand it. If it's not on the iPad, she doesn't want to know about it. She doesn't want DVD, she doesn't want Blu-ray. It, it's all too hard. She's got to press a button and it's got to stream down off the internet. So I know with her, and, and I've been very clear, all right, Nicholas, you're getting the record collection, Natalia, you're getting nothing. <laughs> you know, you, you nice. get in air, you get in air, you get in whatever's in my iTunes account. Um, you know, look, it, it's just one of those things, isn't it? I mean, some people are going to like that physical collection, other people aren't. And Nicholas has the digital as well. 
um, he just prefers the physical. He prefers looking at the booklets or holding the big artwork. Um, you know, it's oh, just yeah, a different way of experience. It. And it's not better. It's different. Right. Well, I, I can remember, you know, um, I never really had LPs. We have a few around the, uh, the house here yet. Uh, and I do remember growing up as a kid uh, looking at certain albums. I think uh, uh, we may have had the Monkees and some of those other. Yeah, you know, some of the artwork on them was kind of interesting. And I know uh, there was a time that um, there was some really interesting artwork. I want to say, uh, was it uh, Led Zeppelin's Physical Graffiti album? There was oh, some that, that they put that, some that's thought into. That's the one into. where um, it actually you spin it around inside the album cover, and it's yeah they, they've just re-released that yeah. actually on vinyl, uh, and it it actually spins around. You push your finger and it spins, and it, it's just awesome. It's that that's where it's cool. And look, you know, I I really like the iTunes LP stuff, and and thankfully the the iTunes Extra is, is coming to iOS, and it, it's now already on Apple TV, which is cool. So you can actually get those extra features that predominantly are on the, the physical disc anyway. But the iTunes LP, I, I was really enjoying when that first came out because it's like, well, well, this is, they can throw a bit of multimedia content in, you get the whole booklet and it looks nice and pretty and and it's almost like a replacement for having that physical copy because you get more with the purchase. But then Apple just, they haven't really done anything with that. I don't know whether it's really Apple to blame or whether it's more the artists and the recording companies haven't been supporting uh, that feature. But it, it seems like such a good opportunity that's been wasted. And I don't believe they'll ever go back to it because, Mike, as you said, you're streaming now. Mm. Most of the time, when I'm at home, if I don't feel like listening to something in chronological order in my collection, I'll put iTunes radio on and I'll listen to something you know, that, that's around, say, ACDC or ABBA or, you know, whatever I'm, I'm feeling like at that point in time. That's when I do deviate uh, because I've got no choice. It's whatever comes up next. And it's also well, good music discovery for me to go, wow, I, 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 I've heard that song before, but I didn't know it was Foreigner. So then I need to go and source that Foreigner album and listen to it and, and uh, try and pick up a copy. Well, uh, you know, I've got about 50, 60 gigs of music, which isn't uh, uh, huge, but you know, I have some stuff on there that, you know, I've uh, acquired and I have kind of forgotten about. And the thing I do like to do, like I said, I'm not big into Apple Media, but I do like iTunes because I do like their smart, uh, uh, their genius feature. Um, that is kind of an interesting pick a song that you like and it will build a. Uh, uh, playlist around that and that's kind of an interesting one i've kind of discovered some music that was within my collection that i had kind of forgotten or didn't know that i had and i'm kind of ooh, you know that's kind of a, a cool and again like i say i like certain feels to my playlist every once in a while and it does a pretty good job i kind of wish you know like amazon prime or something like that uh they had something like that and they do have curated playlists that people will sit down and create i just wish they had something kind of like uh the genius mix uh, where it was kind of um, uh, pick a song and I want something similar to this and you know build from there because that is it is really kind of interesting because it sort of fits it's kind of hard for me to put into words the kind of playlist that I want but that does reasonably good I'll skip past the ones mm-hmm. I don't like but you know about a hundred lo- so- uh, song playlist and then I can load it on my iPhone and it does a pretty good job so I might have like a you know a, a, I've got one based on um, Oh, let's see here. Of course, I'm drawing a blank now. Um, 
I forget which song it was. Oh, I got one based on More Than the Feeling, or not More Than the Feeling, Peace of Mind by Boston. Another one based on, oh, uh, Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who. So that's kind of a 60s playlist. I've got another one based on Bon Jovi's, um, um, oh, no, I can't think of the song. But, you know, so, and it gets, so there's some maybe from the 60s, maybe from the 70s slash 80s, something like that. And and a few country songs or country playlists, maybe a mellow playlist, something like that. Just something to kind of fit my moods. And it does a pretty good job there. And I, uh, I will give them credit for that. And I, uh, I do listen to Pandora and they do a pretty good job of kind of the music that I want. Again, you pick an artist or a song and then it'll build a playlist based on it. does pretty good. And that's the kind of stuff that I wish I could find more of. Uh, so yeah, for me, it's not necessarily album oriented or artist oriented. It's kind of mood feeling mm-hmm. uh, oriented. You know, what, you know Martha, after- sorry, Kevin, I, I just want to say one thing before I forget it. The thing that I like about that Amazon service, uh, the prime service that un- unfortunately we don't get that in Australia at this point in time, uh, yes, yeah, stop laughing, Kevin. Uh, but what I, I like is that you can actually download it to your device and then and then play mm-hmm. it that way. That is absolutely yeah. awesome because let's be honest, streaming wherever you are in the world is still a bloody fortune. It's still ridiculously priced when compared to a, a home internet connection. Yep. And, you know, y- you want to experience this and I, I just I really wish that that 3G 4G streaming would would be more affordable, uh, but also then you got pockets of space where you can't get signal sometimes. So if you look at a long road trip, absolutely perfect. Download it before you go, and you and you're good to go. That sounds excellent. Yeah, that that's kind of my thing there. That uh, yeah, again the the the. Uh 3G, uh, we don't have 4G out here, so 3G is kind of sparse. And even when I'm at work, I um, I'm not allowed to hook up to the internet at school. And besides, which when classes are going on, you don't want everybody and their dog streaming. So there's issues. Yeah, so I like the being able to download. That's kind of the downside of Pandora. Uh, with Prime, yeah, I can download and take it with me, and so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, very cool. No, and the whole time y'all are talking about music, Mike said it. Now the only thing that's stu- stuck in my head is, "Hey, hey, where are the monkeys? Hey, <laughs> the monkey around." So that's what's come into my head. Mark, you had something though, when, and, and I don't want to get away. From, I hate to change away from the music, but you talked about when we were talking about gaming about you doing Bioshock too. Oh, it, it's just that it was announced that it's coming to the iPhone um, this summer, and I, I think it, it's really cool. I, I really want to see what happens in the next couple of years with these devices because we're constantly getting more power in our hands, um, and I, I just think it, it's a great opportunity to have a AAA title come into a platform that really if they can do it and do it properly and then have it supported with an external um, controller, which they're apparently doing, they're, they're going to uh, have it with one of the made for iTunes game controllers. And if they can do it well, not only can you play it on the go, on the device, but then to be able to throw it up to the Apple TV, that that's like big business. I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that's been wanting to see the Apple TV become a gaming system. You know, we've seen... Elements of that with certain games where, you know, you can actually throw it up onto the, the television screen and, and you've got almost like the Nintendo DS effect with the two displays. You've got, you know, the, the strategic display that you're holding in your hand with maybe some controls and then you've got the action going up on, on the TV. And I really think that if Apple gets that right, 
there's going to be a major shift in the gaming industry. But I've been praying for this for years. And, you know, I look at Bioshock 2 and I'm thinking, I don't know how my iPhone 5S could even play Bioshock 2 at full res. I just, I I can't believe that that's possible. It's such a, a detailed game. Um, you know, yeah, it's a couple of years old now, but it's still massively intense. And, um, if, but if they can do it well, wow, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been doing as much video gaming of late just because my brain shuts down at a certain point during a long day. So it's tough, but I mostly and what mostly <laughs> excuse me, mostly what I've been doing is playing uh, Mario Kart because, but that's the dual screen experience. It's really nice to have that, and I understand what your the the point I was getting to was with the Wii U. You've got that experience yes. where you can drop down so, you know so some PlayStation of, 4 with the the Vita the as well Vita. perfect yeah there's a, a guy that I follow online uh David DeFranco uh he does a lot of cool videos and stuff like that but he's been talking a lot somebody gave him a PS Vita and he had a PS4 and he's talking about how nice it is you know he can be somewhere away and he's playing a game back at home on his PS4 yeah, that's pretty awesome. cool it it is, that is it, pretty- it, it's amazing where we've come um, because they tried to do that with the PlayStation 3 and it failed dismally. A couple of games supported it and then it didn't really work and it was always one of those things because I was a very big PlayStation portable person. I, I loved the format. I still do love the Vita format. My only disappointment was um, that there just wasn't games to support it like there is on the DS platform um, and there still really isn't. Uh, de- and dedicated Vita games, but of course now you've got the ability to play every single PlayStation 4 game unless it requires the PlayStation I, and that's just absolute killer. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, but then the PlayStation 4, I don't know about you guys, but it's a bit out of my price range um, at this point in time. I'd have to, you know, yeah. really think about it. Well, it'd have to be a killer deal before I, I could do it. Um, PlayStation 3, I could buy now no worries but you know a couple hundred dollars more for the playstation 4 and even though it's cheaper than the playstation 3 when that was released and the playstation 2 when that was released it's not cheap enough that it's money i can throw away and i i've still got some issues with playstation i still don't like that you can't play music cds from the unit because i like that all-in-one experience where you can do everything with that one device and you don't need to then have a separate cd player or blu-ray dvd player to then play your audio cds uh, and I've, I've really i know it's different architecture but i can't get away from hating the fact that you can't play playstation 3 games on uh, you know with the actual disc I know that they've got PlayStation Now coming out, which is going to allow you to stream from their servers, PlayStation 3 games. I know it's in beta at the moment in the US. It looks pretty cool. Again, Australia can't get it. So it's no use to me. You know, it's just one of those things. I like backwards compatibility. Nintendo does that really, really well. Microsoft and and Sony this time around, they just haven't offered that. And, And that's, to me, disappointing it's almost as disappointing when Apple turns around and says, hey, here's this greatest piece of equipment uh, and here's this greatest app that we've ever done. But guess what? You have to have a, a, a device that's two years old to, to play it. Your device that's two and a half years old, well, that's a heap of junk now. Truth be told, it's not a heap of junk. It's still cool. But because you get 
ridden out of the product cycle and you've got to constantly upgrade. And sometimes I feel like I'm being forced to upgrade. I'm being forced to buy that new Apple piece of gear or that, that new gaming system. Um, and, you know, it, maybe that's why I also haven't gone away from the Nintendo Wii because I've still got a pile of games I haven't even opened yet on the Nintendo Wii. But it's still... <laughs> Awesome games. Now, I know that they'll work uh, perfectly well on the Wii U, and that that's great, but I'm just not seeing anything on the Wii U that's making me go, hey, you know, I absolutely have to get this game. Yeah, Mario Kart 8 is good, Kevin, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just... There's also... I, I like playing on... Because I've I played in the store on the, the Wii U gamepad, and that's cool, but I don't think... And I know Tim Chatton will probably kill me for saying this, but I still don't think you can put two of the, the game pads um, on one system yet. Or if you do, you've got to pay like a, a couple of hundred bucks, like as much as a, a DS to get another one. And it's just like, really? Give me two of those because then, you know, Gretel can watch her TV show while Nicholas and me are racing on these, on these screens. That would be pretty cool. Well, I think the reason they're probably not doing that is because you can already do that with the DS. I mean, you can play, you know, head-to-head on DSs. Oh, D- DS is really bad for that. Uh, you know, you, sometimes you need to buy two cartridges of the same game. That's a bad business model. It, it's, okay, it's a good business model. <laughs> it's bad for consumers, yeah, it's, it's good, good for it's business. Good business. Yeah. That, so, that's a, but I, and I think that's, but I think that's why they're, you know, they're saying, well, if you want to do that, this is what you need to do. Not saying it's right, not saying it's, it's, here's, it's here's what it is. Here's my thing. But. Why can't they update the, the 3DS, which needs another update this year, because um, Nintendo usually update every year. They should be able to update it so that the Nintendo 3DS then becomes a second um, Wii U game tablet so that you can play something like Mario Kart 8 uh, on the 3DS, as you would on the actual Wii U display screen. So you can have that kind of ability. That'd be cool. Um, you know, there's, there's probably a lot of reasons why they don't do that. But for me, I don't care what the reasons are. I just want to have that game and experience. And I think that's something that I struggle with a lot with technology and buying new gear. I've been looking at Android devices recently. And I don't know what to buy because, I, as you guys know, I don't have an endless supply of cash. But I want to play with something. I I, I want oh. to what? You want to play with something? Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, we we didn't need that part, Kevin. But I I want to I want to toy around with the different operating systems. I want to even try Windows Eight and see. Well, you know, is it as bad as everyone says? Is it passable? Do I like it better? Don't I like it better? But the problem is you've got to spend these hundreds of dollars to get these things. And then if you don't get the right device, um, if you don't get the right Samsung uh, Android tablet, then your Android experience isn't going to be as exciting as it could be. It's like buying an iPad 2 when you should be buying the iPad Air. You're going to get a different experience and then maybe not like Um, it as much. So, uh, Mark? 
you're under the mistaken assumption that you're a consumer. You're a revenue stream for these companies, and it is your duty to provide as much of your disposable income. And by golly, if you got to start cutting down the amount of food you eat so that you provide these companies with enough money so that they can keep churning out their stuff. I know that sounds cynical, but, you know, it's just – It's it, true. It, yeah, I get the frustration, yeah. Uh, that yeah, there's lots of things that you know I would like to experience, but you know, and you know, we're finally getting to that stage in our life. The kids are gone. We have the time, a little bit more money that I can start doing the stuff that you want to do. But you know, you look at it and cripes, what do I want to spend money on? You know, where do I want? And there's you know, there's only so much you can do. There's so many freaking possibilities out there for what you want to do. It just does kind of drive you a little bit nuts, and it just seems like I I wished you guys would. You know, we should be happy, I guess, that we live in a time when there's so many opportunities available. But sometimes it's mind-boggling, and you kind of wish the decision would be made for you that yes. you only get this, so you don't have to sit there and go, "I want, I want, I want." And you know, you know what? Like, Apple, oh, does, shut up. Apple does that well with the one-size iPhone screen. There's been rumors, of, of course, and and you guys know that I don't talk about rumors generally, but there's been rumors of a larger screen iPhone. It's like, okay, that's good, but. How are they going to separate it? If they do do two screens, I'll go obviously for the larger one when I go and upgrade because I would like that that bigger size. I don't have the iPad anymore, not even the iPad mini. So I would like something a bit bigger. But it's also not essential. You know, the iPhone 5, 5S is is great. It it works well. Uh, But, you know, would they have better technology in a larger format or would the smaller format get something... And then you've got to choose and make a decision, very much like the the iPhone 5C and the 5S. You know, the 5C is, is pretty much the iPhone 5 from the year before, just in a candy-coated colour. But it's not that much cheaper <laughs> than going the high-end model. So you kind of you, you wait back and forth and then you think, you know, the, the only thing the 5S is cool with is that fingerprint sensor. That's awesome, well, which is now, you know, old technology. It's, you know, that's that's so last year. But you got to remember the 5C is unapologetically plastic, to quote Sir Johnny. Yeah, i gotta, I got to say, when I did uh, play with one for the very first time, that thing did not feel like plastic. Didn't feel like an Android phone where, you know, you, you tap it and you get that plastic sound. It yeah. was done plastic, really, really good plastic. It, it, was, it was nice. Yeah. And... It would have been nice to have had that with the fingerprint sensor, but I understand they want to separate the entry level from the high-end uh, model, but I I just hope that they don't deviate more into that um, going forward and offer, you know, just the, the different capacities and all of a sudden because the bigger ones there were instead of having a, a, a 2 gigahertz processor, it's going to have a 2.5 gigahertz processor, that kind of thing then that makes it really hard for the consumer to pick which one is, is best. I hope that they have basically the same feature set. Obviously, the bigger one will have better battery. Uh, but speed and performance-wise, I hope they keep it the same. Um, fingers crossed. Yeah, I, I'm due for a new phone finally. So I'm curious to see what they come out with and where I go, what I get. So. I'll probably get a new one this year, even though I've got the 5S. Um, if there's enough stuff in there that says, hey, wow, you know, I, I need to get it. If it's just a, a speed bump, 
No, it, it, it's like when they did the speed bump on the MacBook Air. I, I said, hey, I'm going to upgrade every year, grid or grade that I could, sell the old one so that I can put most of that money back into the next purchase and stay up to date. And uh, But there's, there was no point. They like increased it 100 megahertz and that's it. I'm, I ain't getting rid of a good machine for 100 megahertz. Oh. You know? Well, I think yeah, I talked about it here. I've still got my 2011 MacBook Pro. And after I put a SSD in that thing, hell no, am I getting rid of that thing now? Because now, you know, it's good, it's snappy, it's fast, and uh, it's got the storage, and uh, it does everything I want. You know, uh, well, and I, I got Thunderbolt, I got dongles here that uh, I can hook it up to a monitor if I want bigger size. Because, you know, for game playing, you know, you kind of wish sometimes it was a little bigger. But, you know, 15 inches isn't too bad. But, yeah, I'm going to uh, keep that around for a while because I do like it portable and um, you know, we talked about my my uh, Windows machine that I bought here, big old twenty seven inches of beauty for um, you know, and it's a Windows machine, but it's twenty seven inches that plays games and you well, can touch so that's it. good for that. Yes, I can reach out and I can just like touch your nose. Oh God, it just made you bigger. Let's not ah. do that. Uh, uh, yeah, look, I, I absolutely love that that, and that's been around in the Windows world for a, a few years. These touchscreen computers, and uh, you know, they're finally becoming more affordable and better. I mean, they actually work well. But it, it sounds so cool to be able to actually do that because you know, often I'll sit with the MacBook Air, and it, it's like moving the trackpad and the little mouse around can just be too much of an issue. And I just, you know, I can see it there. I just want to get boom, and 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 that's it, and make it come up. I don't know why they don't do it. I really don't. I. But hey, look, that's well, Apple. They, they, I suppose they know what we need in some kind of way. They continually it, tell us we know they know what we need. They do. We don't really have choices. Apple users, we we do get told a lot, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because boy, I look at the Android side and it's like, which size do I want, and which one do I get? You know, iPhone, it, it's five C, five S. iPad, it's mini. It's air. Take your pick, whichever one you want to go for. It's simpler, and I do appreciate that simplicity. But I do like the flexibility that, say, Android offers with the memory expansion on board um, and and just the ability for everyone to have their own size. That's kind of cool, but it is very, very um, pixelated, for lack of a better term. It's diluted too much, unfortunately. Well, I'm I'm agnostic here. I mean, I got my um, uh, Windows computer. I got my MacBook Pro. I've got a Fire tablet. I got an iPad. I got the iPhone. Uh, you know, I kind of dabble around. I got a Android tablet over here that isn't working. Uh, but I mean, I dabble in all that because there are certain things about. I, I'll I'll do Linux too, uh, not as much as I used to, but I dabble in all that because there's all stuff in there that I want to find out about and experiment and play with and kind of go, oh, you know, that's kind of cool and things like that. Because um, I'm using this computer came with Windows 8 and I heard everybody talking about what a disaster it was. Well, I just don't believe what other people say. I want to mm-hmm. you know, experiment with it for myself. And it's, uh, you know, it's okay. Uh, I'm using their live tile system there and um, yeah, I'm giving it a fair shot because everyone, I bring back the start screen. Well, you know, I'm you open-minded enough though. Yeah, you can. But I'm open-minded enough to say, you know, I'll try something else. At least they're, uh, you know, I've never tried a Windows phone, but from what I've seen, i got to at least give them credit because at least they tried a different-looking interface on there. I and love they're trying the something live new. tiles. 
Those live tiles instead of stupid little icons that look like a Fisher Price toy, I like that because you can get a little bit of information from the yep. most important apps on that home screen. That's cool. I, I really think, uh, forget flattening the, the iOS design, I, I think, I mean, look, I'll show you guys what my home screen looks like. It's folders and a couple of key apps and so forth. But that doesn't tell me anything other than what the time is. It, it, it doesn't tell me, uh, you know, what's going on. It may say, hey, I've got an email there, but it won't tell me who the latest email's from or who the latest tweet is from. And, you know, yeah, they've got this notification centering you, you know, all that kind of stuff, but I don't like that. I like the tiled things. And obviously Apple can't copy that, then there'd be lawsuits. But, God, they, these little icons, I don't know, guys. I'm just, I'm really getting tired of the icons. They just... I don't know. It's just not doing it for me, and and that's that's why I'm looking elsewhere. Not because I dislike Apple, or not because I dislike the apps that are available for my gear, but because I want something that I'm not being given. Yeah. No, I I, I understand that. And everybody said, well, when you go to get a new phone, are you are you going to stay iOS or are you going Android? I said, yeah, Android looks cool, but. At this point, I'm too heavily invested, as I've said that's before. Pro- that, see, that's the problem. Yep. You get and, and I don't want to get in the ecosystem, and I don't want to end up the other way, invested in that ecosystem, because then I'm going to be sitting there going, <laughs> you know. I, again, if I can find a cheap Android tablet, Christmas will be coming before long. And yes, Mark, I've been retweeting Christmas countdown again. I know. The, uh, and. Um, you know, there there might be a good deal on, you know, some little inexpensive Android tablet. There's one our friend Allison shared and talked about that you can get. Uh, I think Sam's Club had it for like $110 or something like that. That would be okay. But and a lot of my friends at work and a lot of my coworkers have gone over to Android phones. But I said, nope, staying, staying where I am, staying in iOS. I'll, I'll die with an apple steak through my heart or something. Yeah, I, I wonder how many of us... Uh, like, I, I like the way Mike is agnostic with everything. Um, you know, he, he just... He tries everything and, and sort of has a lot more freedom than I do. I'm very much tied into the Apple ecosystem. And I just don't like being that tied into it. I... You know, I, I just feel that I'm constantly forced into their upgrade cycle. I'm constantly forced into upgrading these apps. And sometimes the upgrades to the apps aren't that crash hot. And then going backwards, well, if you upgrade the OS, you can't go backwards in the apps because they're incompatible. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, perhaps Android is the same. Perhaps Windows Phone is the same or similar uh, in, in the way that they lock you in. But, I don't know, I just, I want choice. I want flexibility. I want choice. The thing that really irks me, like music, Apple took the DRM off music, which is great because I can go and buy a Pono later in the year when it's released and take my whole catalogue of iTunes purchase music to that platform and not repurchase it. That's cool. But movies, for instance, they're still DRM, they're still locked in. iBooks and, and eBooks are still DRMs uh, to hell. And it's, that's why I'm back buying physical books because I'm sick to death of being stuck in this one app or this one ecosystem that makes me consume it this way. And I don't know if you guys saw the tweet that I put out a while back, but um, Kevin, one, one thing, um, you know, you, you are very gracious and kind and, and you often send me uh, for Christmas a um, an iTunes gift card. I've actually got to get you not to do that in future because I can't redeem it on the Australian store 
And if I use, if I log into my my US account, well, I logged into my US account to check a price to compare the other day. Well, and I did this in a guest user account on my MacBook Air. Okay, so guest user account, after you finish, you delete it. Well, it has locked me out of my Australian account. I cannot download or stream any content on my MacBook Air from my Australian account. I've even gone back into the US account and deauthorized my MacBook Air and said, no, no, I don't want this computer authorized. And it is there for 90 fucking days. That pisses me off. Apple, you fucking mongrels. Yes, I know I shouldn't have a US account being in Australia, but let me put it this way. We know certain people who live in different countries and then they move around the world. We know Jane. She used to live in Perth in Western Australia. Well, now she's back living in the UK. What does she do? She's had an Australian account. She's had a a United Kingdom account. Now, yes, she can authorise the content to play, but if you log into that other account, it, it locks you out. And, oh, man, it piss, it, it, it's really giving me the shits. It, there's the rant, <laughs> the rant that everyone's been waiting for to hear from me. <laughs> I was going to save it for NAMP, but I couldn't save it for NAMP. It has to come out on Geekiest Show ever. But that's the kind of bullshit that makes me want to turn away from Apple, that makes me want to go, fuck you, Tim Cook, you're an idiot. I don't want your fucking gear. I don't want your service. I don't want to be locked in. There is no reason why that should do that to me. And there is no reason that, you know, I I shouldn't be able... Yeah, it's a screw job. Exactly, Kevin. It certainly is. But, I mean, the stupid fucking thing is, and this is what I don't get, it's not like I'm going to a competing store on an Apple machine and going, oh, guess what, I'm going to this... You know, Amazon, I'm going to the Google Play store, so then Apple gets the shits and, and kicks me off for 90 days. I'm going to the US store of iTunes to buy fucking content from Apple, the same fucking company that's locking me out of my own stuff. It's like, it, it, it's a schizophrenic company. It, it's, it's, it's fucked up. It, it's just bad, bad, bad. He's yeah. back. Yeah, I'm back. And I- and I think, folks, on that note, we better let him go because his face has turned red, his blood pressure has <laughs> gone up, and and, and I, I'm afraid that if we keep Mark much longer, he may uh, he may go. Oh, yeah, he could very well explode like a peep in the microwave. <laughs> but anyway, um, on, on that note, we will we'll wrap up this week's show. It's been a pure pleasure to have uh, both you guys on. I really enjoyed it. Uh, why don't we start with the new guy on the show? You tell us where you can be found, Mark. Uh, simply head across to markgreentree.com. There hasn't been much of an update across there in, in about the same time as I haven't been doing podcasting, but uh, hopefully I'll, I'll get that reorganized so that there'll be more content um, coming through. I'm thinking actually of doing some, for those interested in music, I'm thinking of going through some of my albums as I listen to them and play them and talk about why I purchased that album and, and what it means to me and so forth. Not really a review of the album to say it's good, it's bad or indifferent, but maybe just discuss it. I'm thinking about it. I don't know if I will, but, you know, it, it's one of those things that might come up across there. Uh, and on Twitter, you can simply find me at Mark underscore Gruncher, I think, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's it. At least I can remember that much anyway. Woohoo! <laughs> Uh, Mike, why don't you give people the update on where you're at there, my friend? 
Yeah, I can be found on Twitter. Uh, I'm at DSC Chipman. I have an about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. Uh, I do uh, the Sci-Fi Tech Talk podcast where we look at a uh, science uh, work, some work of science fiction, look at the tech in it, kind of talk about the movie, see if the tech seems reasonable, see if it, you know, if we, maybe we might have it in the real world. Um, and then I'll, I'm going to kind of bookcase this um, or bookend this uh, podcast. Mark talked about coming back to podcasting. Well, I've kind of resurrected my Bard on the Plains podcast. I've taken nearly a year off there, and for various reasons, you know, about the same as Mark's. You kind of got to get in the right state of mind, and things kind of got to come together. And, and I kind of changed the format. I started out first talking about interviews, then I kind of switched to talking about uh, books, movies, whatever I liked. But I kind of figured out, basically, it's just me talking about what I want to talk about. So why don't I just skip all that and just get to the point? So I'm, I've redone the format, and it's just going to be, I'm going to pick a subject that interests me for that week. Hopefully, other people will find it interesting. They'll tune in, they'll listen. But if you do want to find out what I'm doing there, that's uh, at the bardontheplanes.blogspot.com. You know, stop in, see what you think, leave me messages. If you think I'm boring, tell me, shut up. Okay, yeah, fine, I, I can deal with that. But, you know, just, you know, interact with me a little bit if you so feel like it. But uh, that's, that's all my stuff. So, um, you know, check me out. That's great. And I do encourage people to go over and have a listen to NAMP, Sci-Fi Tech Talk, and the new Bard on the Plains. Please go over there. All good, great shows. I'm a little biased because these guys are supposedly my friends. But, uh, I like yeah, that please much, go over supposedly. And- but if you want to find out more about the show go over to geekiestshowever.com leave us some comments there you can also leave us a review on iTunes would be much appreciated if you want to find out more about me you can find me on Twitter at B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A or go over to my about.me page, which is about.me forward slash Kevin Alder. Folks, I hope you've enjoyed the show. This has been a much ballyhooed uh, uh, episode waiting for the three of us to be on one show together. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We will do it again. I can promise you that. Uh, so please come back and have a listen, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And please, between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. Hi there. How are you? It's the governor. Do you know how I got my huge muscles? Well, do you? I worked out every day and ate my vegetables. Now I'm learning how to grow my very own on the Your Own Victory Garden podcast. It's only on the Starlight Network. I'm a gardener, you idiot. No, it's not a tumor. It's compost. Don't go to the chopper. Get to the raised bed. Hasta la vista, baby.